It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. South of the border, down Mexico way. Did we start the Tony Orlando hour already? No, he never plays this song. Out of all the songs he plays, uh, Jersey Joe Piscopo, Sunday 6 to 8, sponsored by Ramsey Mazda, he plays the panoply of all Sinatra songs. And I've asked him, how come you never play this song? And he never plays the coffee song, I mm-hmm. coffee song. I don't understand what it is. He's why, got an are we, why are we playing this? Oh well, let's face it. Eric Adams is down at the border. He can he can see Mexico from uh, the bridge uh, or the crossing. We don't know where he is yet. He hasn't surfaced to do a public event. But we have to assume uh, since I've spent a lot of time down uh, in El Paso. It's not a difficult place to negotiate. You got the bridge that goes to Juarez. Then you got the Rio Grande right there, which is the canal. Just pretty, you got, you got to be pretty visible, especially when you walk around with that fluorescent uh, uh, mayor jacket, you know, that glows in the dark. <laughs> He's going to stand out uh, down at the border. But before we get to the border, let me come to the defense of President Joe Biden and to Donald Trump as one who is a confessed clutterer. One uh, where there was documentary evidence uh, in the old WABC where they had to bring in a clutter expert with me because I had so much, many piles of papers and newspapers. It collapsed on an intern and almost killed them in our offices at that time. And so I had to, with the uh, aid of an expert, I took each piece of paper. I looked at each side. I had to touch it and say goodbye. And I actually was shaking for about three days. Uh, both the newspapers and the normal paperwork. There was stuff in that clutter I had no idea that was there. Now, why are you talking about this like it's past tense? It you know, we had a we had a we had to get the jaws in life to get Diego out of there the other day in Studio B because it, a, one of your piles fell on him. Yeah, no, no, no. You I, got I, a cr- I now, am a clutterer. You think you think that what's at at the core of all of our problems with with these classified documents is we have presidents who are clutterers? That's what yes, you think? Uh, Trump. He's. Uh, He's sort of a Oscar, not Oscar of Felix. A, a Felix. He, as you know, everything's got to be in place. He's definitely a clutterer. He likes to collect anything with his name on it, pictures, right. articles. He's old school. You know, cut out the newspaper right. clips. Mark it up with a Sharpie, yeah. Right, exactly. right, put it in boxes. Never look at it again, but just know it's there. It's almost like a banky, you know, a blanket. Yep, and, yep. Whereas we see with Joe Biden, he's a different kind of a clutterer. He's more like me. You know, not not so anal. It's like it's all over the place. He's like a squirrel who stores nuts, and it's mixed in with everything else. So it's not like you just find one file with all of these, uh, you know, top secret files all together in the file. They're scattered around with other stuff, just like it was with Trump. Pictures, newspapers. So I say, being a clutterer myself, having confessed to being a clutterer, coming from uh, a family of clutterers on my dad's side, the Polish side, all four brothers, clutterers. Uh, I, I totally understand what these guys... But, but yeah, what I don't understand is we have 2.1 million federal employees. Can we put someone in charge of keeping track of, of classified documents? Well, you know what happens when you're ready to move out? And you, you, you suddenly, you don't ever prepare. Anybody who's, oh, we spend months preparing them. They don't. The last minute, whether it's a uh, easy transition or, in the case of Trump, uh, uh, a slow transition, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. They're always taking stuff with them. And I'm saying to myself, is this really the big issue that our nation is well, facing? Well, uh, look, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, this has been kind of a wacky week. But here's my thing. You got a classified document. It's obviously classified because people think it's dangerous if it falls into anyone else's hands. Get some dude in a uniform to give it to the president and then stand there while he reads it. And when he's done, take it back. And if he wants to take it overnight, the guy writes on a piece of paper this document. I'm going to come back in the morning to get it. That, that How hard sense. can this possibly it's like be? Like a librarian. It's I mean, like it a could librarian. be, but it could be the alternative version of this story is we classify so freaking much 
Because that's just what these Absolutely. agents do. Classify much. all these different things. You know, the example of Kim Jong un writing, and I made a joke about this, but it's I'm, I'm serious. Kim Jong un writes a note to the president of the United States. What is the harm of uh, you know if Mrs. Crapolici reads about that in the New York Post? What's the big deal? Of course, of course, now, it's way too much. And now we're making such a, a case. Oh, we have special investigators assigned. Let it go. Let it go. I think the only president who never took anything was Jimmy Carter, because he was the honest guy. Remember, he's the guy who acknowledged to Playboy magazine as the first evangelical president that even thinking about sex was a sin. Right, lust in his heart, he I'll said. I'll bet you we could go to Plains, Georgia today with Humvee trucks, uh, do a SWAT team, and we would find nothing there. Every other president, yes. Every other vice president, yes. Knock it off. It's a, this is not yeah, a big issue. I, I think I think that it's good. And, and I had some experience with this, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. I had some experience with this. You know, they found classified documents they said that were on, on my laptop. As it turned out, there were five total of documents. And of those documents, they were documents that were classified after the fact. Because they said, oh, yeah, this should not be an event of any community. This should be classified. I think, look, fundamentally the problem is I believe that government keeps us in the dark as a way of preventing debate about things. They say this is classified. You know, if, if something is classified, then suddenly a politician can't talk about it, a reporter can't hear about it, the public can't learn about it. So I think the easiest thing for a government bureaucrat to do is stamp a classification document and then hide it, hide it behind the Corvette in Joe Biden's, uh, well, Joe Biden's garage. We're still waiting for classified documents to be unclassified about the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Uh, UFOs, extraterrestrial. We could go right on down the line. Yeah. They've got warehouses filled with paperwork that says classified, classified. When I went with the help of Norman Siegel to get my file that the FBI had, because for my first 13 years, you would have thought I was a combination of the Young Lord and the Black <laughs> Panther Party. There was like stacks of stuff that say classified, classified, and then redacted. Yeah. So I said, Norman. Why should I have even gotten anything? I can't even read anything on that. Everything is redacted, classified, and probably nothing in there was of of major concern. But you're right. There's an entire bureaucracy. All they do is classify everything. Stamp. Some guy sits there with a stamp. Stamp, stamp, stamp. And it's sort of like, get it over. What are we going to do? We're going to prosecute well the former president and the former vice president for this? And let's take real national security things. I talked about the example of I, I was advocating for the, the pardon or commutation of Jonathan Pollard's sentence. He had a very long sentence. Okay, this happened in 1985 when he committed his crime. And as late as the 2000s, the Department of Defense was saying we can't – this document we can't show you because it's 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 our intelligence practices – and my question to them is, how could there possibly be anything from 1985's intelligence practices that's still irrelevant today in 2005 or six, whenever that was? Again, it was their way. It, when they would, they would have briefings on the Gulf War or the war in Kosovo or whatever it is, I would refuse to go because I knew they were going to tell me stuff I can read in the paper, and then I couldn't talk about it when I got out. <laughs> I couldn't criticize it. I couldn't ask any questions. I think now, and I'm perfectly fine. I'm with you, Curtis. They got special prosecutors for Biden, special prosecutors for Trump. Let them do their thing, whatever it is. Let us get back to to what's important. Right, and and more importantly, uh, Anthony, the only paperwork I'm uh, interested in is uh, Trump sort of gave a hint. I know all about Macron. You know every French president. They got Goumadis on the side. You know, they get into freaky-deaky stuff. He's married to his grandmother. I want to know about Macron. Well, never mind that. Look how different our countries are. In France, they're bragging about it, not hiding it. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're publishing it in all the newspapers. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They expect their prime minister to be a cat, you know, to run around. Exactly. And and nowadays, we we read Prince Harry. We see everything. It's like, it's all out there. Knock it off. Stop it. And by the way, I think this is another indication, out with the old and with the new. Goodbye, Joe Biden. When you finish your term, go Trump, go back to Mar-a-Lago. Let's clear the deck and let's get some new candidates in there because this is ridiculous. It, it kind of is. I mean, this really was a weak and silly and uh, and and what I, look, it doesn't take much. though. I tell you what this did do. This did make it really hard to prosecute Trump now. I mean, because you, how could you? I mean, you basically have a former vice president with stuff in his garage. And I know there are differences, and one guy reported, another guy didn't, whatever. Even though I got to tell you, the timing of the Biden stuff, that they discover it just before the election, and then they say, we're going to go look for more, and the more doesn't come out for two months, they they finally. and, and, And don't you look in a guy's garage fairly early on in the process when you're looking for a bunch of documents? 
Look, I uh, I think this is um, internal. It's your peeps trying to get rid of him. Let's face it; it's some Democrats be. who are saying, you know, it's time for Joe to go. You know, I think it is. I think Hunter Biden planted the uh. there. He said, "There's too much heat for me, Dad. I, I need to, to get I mean, some on I you." I mean, for think a while. about it. Also, it's sort of like, why would you want to continue to stick with Joe Biden? When you know that every second word is going to be, but Hunter did this, Hunter did that, Hunter did this. It's like, enough already. Let him finish his four years. Uh, Trump, go into retirement, play golf each day, and let the process continue. There's a lot of good candidates on both sides. Give them an opportunity to get out on a national stage, uh, get into primaries, get into arguments. Time for a new generation. Well, it could be. I got to tell you, you know who Biden is rooting for, though? He's rooting for Trump. His main argument is, oh, well, yeah. on the one person you know I can beat he is can Trump. He can beat him. Is, is Trump. So as Trump starts to fade, you might notice a lot of Democrats say, well, we don't need Biden anymore. we, we, <laughs> exactly. we got to figure out how to beat DeSantis. Exactly. Now. Exactly. I, I never thought of it that way. You're right. The, the Trump card, so to speak, versus Trump yeah. is Biden. Yeah. That's why he was chosen the first time. And look, if you look at this summer... The more Trump was in the news, the better the Democrats did. Yes. Right? Now Trump's fading out of the news. The new Republican Congress is coming in, everything else. The heat's now on Biden. I, I mean, I think that if, if, you, if you put their hand on a Bible and a lie detector test on him in the White House, they would say our guy's best chances if Trump continues to kick around. And as Trump starts to fade, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think well, my team may look for someone else. If you look back uh, to the Democratic primary that led to the 2020 election, uh, time and time again, a poll would come out because there were so many Democratic candidates. And they say, but who can beat Trump? Right. And it was always Joe Biden. Doesn't matter that he's a flawed candidate. Doesn't matter about right. his past. It's like time after time, all the others could not beat Trump. He's going to beat Trump. We got to get Trump out of there. So we got to rally around uh, Joe Biden but that's and true. elect him. But isn't that true, Curtis, of like every issue today? If Donald Trump didn't have the big classified documents thing in yeah. Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. This probably wouldn't even be a kind of thing we'd be talking about. No. All right, some documents showed up at some point. Exactly. Time. But because Donald Trump continues to be kind of the center of the well, storm. Also the raid. You know, the raid. The raid yeah. I mean, the, the, here it is, the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago. And we're yeah. like, really? <laughs> Sonny, you think it's a little too much? <laughs> and then, you know, right away, the Department of Justice out there, the Attorney General. Now the Attorney General is like a yo-yo. He's got to come out every day and say, well, we found more papers uh, President Joe Biden's attorneys are finding he's a clutterer. Well, you, he's you know, a clutterer. Well, this is a tough job market. If you're thinking about what your kids' should, business should be, it should be special prosecutor. <laughs> Send them off to special <laughs> prosecutor school. All these guys and gals, right? They get elevated. You're going to be a special prosecutor, and all you're going to do is focus on how did they get these uh, uh, yeah, documents? Correct. How did they get, get these super spectacular, important documents? One day we're going to find out they're probably about nothing. Oh, you're, you're, I 100% agree with you. I, I think if any, if the American people actually saw some of these documents, I mean, what this is much ado about nothing, but. Um, but yeah, this, this has not been, this has not been a, a good week for Biden because they've lost one arrow against, against Trump. But the whole thing is pretty silly. Not as silly as the stove, the banning the stoves, and not as silly as the IRS agencies, but it's, but it's pretty silly. But let's talk about the border because Biden was at the border. He spent a few hours down there. They basically cleaned it up for his arrival to El Paso. He walked around, uh, by the uh, wall. He talked with some of the uh, officials down there, and then he took off for Mexico to meet with the prime minister of Canada and the president of Mexico. And I brought it up in the middle of the week. I said, you know, Canada has a, a, a more open asylum and refugee policy than we do. They want them because they only have 40 million people in all of Canada. California has 40 million people. They don't have enough people. And then I looked down the list because they published a list of all the countries where the refugees seeking asylum come from, from Canada. They're from all over the world. You know where they're not from? Central America, South right. America, the West Indies, and the Caribbean. A few. A, a lot of South Asia, a lot of Pakistan, yeah. a lot of India, a lot of Asia. Haitians yep. in Montreal because they, they're the cab drivers. If you haven't been in Montreal, almost every cab driver is a Haitian. But other than that, we could have... The president could have easily sat down with the president of Mexico and with Trudeau and say, you know, we have NAFTA. You know, we trade back and forth. It's free trade across the borders. We got too many immigrants on our side. Trudeau, you need immigrants. How about a pipeline 
where we vet them initially and then ship them to you because you've got all this but space wait a minute, there. But, but wait a minute. We don't have too few immigrants. Oh, we do. No, we, I mean, too, too many immigrants. We have too many. I mean, we, we, we're losing population. Our birth rate is down. You know, there's a story in today's New York Post, this big exclusive story, that 15 people moved to an upstate Jamestown, town. Jamestown, Jamestown. To Jamestown. 15 people. Right. If you go read the story, it's 15 people and one guy complaining about it. It's, it's six parents. Well, well five- to, be, to credit her, she announced she's running for re-election two years ahead of time. Gillibrand, the junior senator, which means she's expecting a challenge when you announce that early. But Gillibrand, remember in this debate she was talking back about, yeah. in August when the migrants were coming up every day there were buses. Gillibrand came up with a common sense. So he said, yeah, New York City is overwhelmed. Why don't we take some upstate? Hoku, for all of one day, said, not a bad idea. And then all of a sudden, there was no discussion. There's been no transfer of the migrants from New York City to any of these towns throughout the state, which have no population. You could roll the sagebrush through some of these towns. Yeah, and a lot of, and like I said, a lot of these towns would love a population influx of any sort. There are a lot of industries that need workers. But when we get back, I got to tell you, I know it's my job to defend Eric Adams on this show. I don't understand why the mayor of the city of New York should go any further south than the Rockaway Peninsula. I don't, I don't get it, but you'll explain. I mean, maybe you would. If you were mayor, would you be going to visit I've the border? I've already been there. You know, I know all about it. So, but the, the, the idea is he should have done it earlier. And well, for why? When, he should go only far south as Washington when, to get when, some federal help. Oh, well, he's not getting it. He's the Biden of Brooklyn, but apparently, look, uh, let's look at these three things that don't make sense. The power is with Schumer. You have Hakeem Jeffries now uh, in the House. You have Joe Biden. They're all friends of Eric Adams. You have Hochul, friend of Eric Adams. None of them are adversaries. They haven't given him no, a... They, no, that's going to work out. There's, there's going to be money coming to New York City for this stuff. That's not the thing. For really? Me, but to me, a photo op in front of the... Just what is the policy thing that Eric Adams thinks he's accomplishing by doing a photo op on the border? It's no wor- It's no better than the photo op shipping migrants because around the he country. he is going to represent all the urban areas I know, he's around the, vo- the country. I know, but he's the voice of the country. I get that. I get that. But tell me what is the policy. I want to see what's going on. You, you want to know what the impact is for your constituents in New York City. That's not something you do at the border. No. That's something you do at, at at Penn Station. That's something you do at at Grand at 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 the airport. But you don't do it there. He right? is a nightlife guy. I went to two clubs in Juarez. I could uh, actually give you the information. They break to the break of dawn. <laughs> What's that scene? Then scene in The Godfather with Johnny Ola. Like That's a crazy scene. Till the break of dawn. There are two clubs there. I mean. They go until 3, 4 in the morning That's while right. Eric is there, please. He's not Eric, there. on behalf He's... of me, on behalf of me, I want to do something for the mayor. There were two clubs in Juarez. Ah, little problems with the narco-terrorists. Well, once you get there, he'll never go back to Club Zero Bond again. That's not why he's going. That's not why he's going. Trust me, it's hot to trot there in Juarez. But right now, if you missed any, I'm in the middle. With Anthony Weenie, you can always get it in the podcast and all your podcast needs at wabcradio.com. That's wabcradio.com never came south of the border i jumped back one day it's the left versus the right in the right corner it's heavyweight king curtis lewa in the left corner it's anthony weiner it's a 77 wabc debate heavyweight slugfest Oh, I remember when I was down in the San Ysidro Canyon, which is all the way over by California, where you have San Diego separated from Tijuana, and just watch them walk back and forth. You know, they go for a few months into the United States. They walk back. Back then, there was no fence. There was no Limigra. There was no helicopters. And then now, look at it now. It's like uh, Checkpoint Charlie in some uh, places. But still, they figure it. They figure how to get in. They figure how to get around the barriers. And there's just never going to be enough immigration agents. And so Eric Adams has decided that he needs to go down to El Paso. Now, remember, back in August, when this really all came to light, Governor Abbott, he was at Eagle Pass. He was saying, Gov- uh, Mayor Adams and the mayor of D.C., come on down. I'll pay for your expenses. Come see it. They said no. 
Then his friend, he has a friend, the Democratic mayor of El Paso. Remember, he's talking to him, and he acknowledges accepting the Venezuelans who are coming in from Juarez uh, to uh, El Paso. Now that place is like just completely overloaded, El Paso. And so the mayor claims he's going to go down there and see it for himself. But I think he fashions himself now as a spokesperson for all the urban areas that are having migrants uh, sent up there by bus, uh, by Governor Abbott, by the uh, mayor of El Paso, by any of those towns that are completely overwhelmed now. And so now he's going to be this vote. The problem is he never names and shames. So he never well, says, he does. He mentions Joe Biden. He says it's a Washington problem. Joe Biden's got to help us. He does. I, I know, but not to the point of saying this is ridiculous. You came here. You only spent three hours here. I know, but, it, but let's but let's you and I have both. We've had a life in politics. You less than I. But you've you've done it on the big stages running for mayor. It's a photo op. It's to call cameras to a place that you can talk to them, and try to get out your message. My beef with this is not that you're doing something symbolic, but symbolic of what? If you're, you, you, your job, Mr. Mayor, is not to try to figure out immigration policy. It's not. It's to try to figure out the impact of immigration, both good and bad, on your city and how to maximize the good and minimize the bad. That's your job. And you do that from here in New York. You do it by calling Chuck Schumer. You do it by calling Hakeem Jeffries. You don't do it by meeting the mayor of El Paso. Yes, we know we have a problem down there. Now, the president is a different story. He goes down. He has good meetings with the president of Mexico, as I've explained on my show and on this show. Part of the challenge with remain in Mexico and these other things is if we're going to stop people at the border and expel them, we need Mexico to cooperate. We can't just drop some. We, we can't drop someone from Nicaragua in Mexico unless Mexicans say it's okay. Exactly. And we can't send them back to places like Venezuela because we have no relationship no. with people in or, Venezuela. Or to Nicaragua or to Cuba. Right. We have that. We, so you need remain in Mexico requires that the Mexicans cooperate with us. He got some cooperation. That's a good thing. It's not the answer. I think he's exactly right to take a tougher line. One of the reasons why we have these problems is a lot of people made the calculation after Trump things are going to be easier. I'm going to try to make that 5,000-mile trek. But, you know, if you're going to go do a photo op as president, that's one thing. I don't understand what Eric Adams is doing there. I'm a supporter of the mayor. I want him to do well. Well, this is his problem back here. Every day he is correct. More and more come in by bus. His ally in this is Cardinal Dolan, Catholic Charities. This is like a money-making machine for them. They get a lot of federal funds, and they are encouraging uh, the migrants to come across the border. They're paying for their air tickets. They're paying for their bus tickets. They're paying for Amtrak. They come up here. They run the outsourcing center when they first come here. But in fairness, just, just so the, our listeners understand, they're not paying them to get from Nicaragua to us. They're paying once they cross the border to place them within our country with people who can support them and business, you know, people who can All right. support them. Well, perfect example. We saw the expose the New York Post did of what used to be the Milford Plaza Hotel. It went into bankruptcy. Bank of America owned it. An LLC came in. This is before we became aware of uh, the migrants coming up on the buses. And it was renamed New York City Row. 600 rooms were appropriated by the city to house mostly Venezuelans. We're giving them food. We're taking care of them. We're paying as much as $500 a night, which is an extortionary rate. The New York Post goes in there. They see there's bottles of beer in there, this weed. They're in the hallways. They're having sex. They're not eating the food that we're providing them. There's no supervision from the city of New York. What are you doing, Eric Adams? you got to lock this down. Well, look, at the very foundation of this is a problem that we have, and I call it a problem. Homeless advocates would say it's an amazing thing. We, unlike every other city, have a court order that's in place that has Believe it or not, a right to housing in New York City that exists nowhere else. Meaning that if someone presents themselves, I have no place to live, we, they have a right to essentially get a hotel room. Now, mayors throughout time have tried to deal with that. Mayor Bloomberg gave them money for a bus ticket to go somewhere else. Frankly, that, that Catholic Charities is, is flying them to places besides New York is good. I think it's, I think it's a terrible. But here's the problem. In the initial stages in August, we weren't on the radar screen of Abbott. Remember, it was Washington. He wanted to send them in D.C. He wanted them outside the Naval Observatory of Vice President Harris and the White House. Then who jumped in? Eric Adams? No, uh, yes, but also a lot of the immigrants themselves were saying, I have a connection to someone in the New York area. But who went to meet them at the Port Authority and then said, "Uh, it is our responsibility to take them. So now they're watching this because they have cell phones, Univision and Telemundo. 
Here's the mayor encouraging them to come to New York. And now he's overwhelmed. He said, there's no room in the inn. Yeah. Well, guess what, pal? You went up in front of the cameras. You didn't see the Chicago mayor do that? Yeah, but hold You didn't see Broward do that in but D.C.? But there has been phoniness and manipulation all over this thing. Let's keep in mind, first of all, these are human beings who are coming here to, to, to try to survive. And they're being told if they go to Martha's Vineyard, there are jobs there and work papers there. That turned out to not be true, to manipulate these people and to get onto those buses. So these people are being manipulated. Let's keep an eye on the big picture here. The big picture here, we still have a big problem at the border, largely because of these destabilized countries, some of which we destabilized. Venezuela, we didn't have this problem until we made a decision. We didn't want the socialist president, and I supported that. Let's, 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 let's not import their oil. Let's destabilize their economy. Now their economy is a mess. Thousands of them are coming here. We don't like Cuba. We're trying to cut the, we're trying to stop Cuba from spreading communism. Now Cubans are coming here. All I'm saying is at the end of the day, one of the, the solutions that we have to come up with is let's figure out how we keep these people in their countries, that they don't get so desperate that they come here. Well, let me you wonder you why this. they don't cross the Canadian border? Because they're not coming from Newfoundland. They're coming from I the South. I that, but Hochul. In her inaugural address, no mention of helping New York City. Not a nickel, dime, a penny. Nothing coming from the Biden administration. Nothing from Schumer. Nothing from Jeffries. Now, Adams has said, forget the $1 billion we're going to have to pay local taxpayers. $2 billion. He's escalating it. Anthony, this guy has said, I'm in discussions with the Biden administration. I'm in discussions with Hochul. You couldn't be any friendlier than he is with I, these Democrats. I think, I think that's right. I would take the numbers with a grain of salt. I believe these numbers sometimes, you know, they, it's, a, it's a bargaining position. It's a posturing. I am fine with that. And if you want to say the federal government should do more to help, what the federal government should do is fix our immigration laws. You're staring, you're staring at the after effect. I'm staring at the basis of this thing, which is we have immigration laws that haven't been touched since the 1980s. We have Republicans who are demagoguing on it left and right rather than trying to do something well, about it. Well, because both sides have flipped. Originally, Democrats were not in favor of migrants coming over because they would take union jobs. Cesar Chavez of the uh, United Farm Workers Union was opposed. He said, now they're going to pay my workers that we fought hard for less than standard wages. So that's one. And the Republicans wanted the migrants over for cheap labor. Now both both sides have flipped. Right. Except both sides have flipped positions. I think that's right. And, and by the way, what you just laid out is kind of the broad underpinnings of a deal that can easily get done. Increase enforcement at, at the border, even building a wall. Have a worker, have a worker program that can't, you have real cards that can't be faked. If you don't sign up, check all the boxes. I paid my taxes. I'm not a criminal. Here's my fingerprint. You get at the end of the line. Then you can't work. Employers, and, we punish employers if they hire someone who doesn't have one of those cards. And what happens if you're a guy named George Santos and you're from Brazil and nothing about you is true? Absolutely nothing at all. We got to discuss that up next. Because after how many weeks of this, everybody's guilty. Everybody knew this guy was a fake. Even those of us who, who knew he won the Academy Award, the EGOT. Nobody did anything about it. And the one journalist, group of journalists, a community newspaper out in Long Island, that had this article in September, they've won 19 Pulitzer Prizes. And nobody paid attention to them. Or is it they didn't want to pay attention to the fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi life of a man named George Santos. Up next, left versus right here with Anthony Weenie, yours truly, Curtis Lewa. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. So imagine, Anthony, a guy named Sam Mealy is making calls as a fundraiser for George Santos. 
pretending to be the chief of staff of now Speaker of the House McCarthy. And he gets cold busted, right? He's raising money supposedly as the chief of staff of McCarthy. He's a fake. Fake voice, the whole nine yards. They get cold busted. And what is McCarthy saying? That, no, man, let the people decide. You, you would have thought he would have taken this personally. Like, this guy pretended to be my chief of staff yeah. and raised tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, now with so much Michigan over. And everybody pointing fingers at one another. They're at fault. They're at fault. They're at fault. Some have said journalists are at fault. Let me take a moment to applaud the North Shore Leader, a local Long Island newspaper. You know, community newspapers, they're dying every week. They're so important. I'm sure they were like a gadfly to you from time to time when you were in council and in uh, Congress. Uh, Me as a clutterer, I always raid the boxes. Whenever I'm in a neighborhood and have the weekly community. Every Thursday, right? Thursday's the big day. Because they have news that others don't. Look at it. The New York Times eliminated its metro section. They don't even have a metro section. If it's a big New York City story, they put it in. They used to have a whole metro section. Hey, New York, we're a global newspaper. Then you have the tabloids. And then you have the community newspapers. And, boy, a lot of times the, the stories you were reading in Newsday, Daily News, Post, first appeared in a community newspaper. Right. And then they do the bigger dot. So this story about George Santos being a fake came out in September. This newspaper, the North Shore Leader, reaches a very influential readership. I mean, all yeah. along the North Shore. I mean, Oyster Bay Cove, people of wealth, people of influence, Republicans, Democrats, they laid it out. The guy's a fraud. The publisher said, we wanted to endorse a Republican. They held out. They held out. And then they endorsed Zimmerman. The fact is, they laid it all out. Nobody nobody paid attention. So we had first Swazi, who ran against uh, George Santos the first time around 2020, the presidential election. In the, in, the, in the Times today, it's reported. We didn't do negative research. We thought it was a slam dunk. Zimmerman is running the second time because Swazi has attempted uh, to become governor. He loses against Kathy Hochul in the primary. Zimmerman is from a PR background. This is what he does, public relations. He had two public debates with George Santos where he could have just stood up. Press is right there. Never said anything. Never had a press conference. Never did any of this. obviously was aware of the North Shore leader, and he had 19 Pulitzer Prize awards as a community newspaper. So the Republicans knew this guy was no good, and the Democrats knew this guy was no good. Plus, if you're to believe, remember, this district has some of Queens. It's mostly Nassau. The Nassau leaders have now come out and asking for the guy to resign. But they had, they claimed that they had, they found this guy suspicious for years, that they, they always had concerns about Well, him. we know that because they met with me. Right. Remember, they were jiggling the lines uh, as Hochul got a little too greedy with the lines and then she had to be smacked back. But they created the line, the former Swansea district, I mean, it was like a Rorschach test. You had a little squiggle of Suffolk, a little squiggle of Nassau. You had a little bit of Queens, a little bit of the Bronx, a little bit of Westchester. It was so appealing to a liberal progressive that Alessandro Biagi, who uh, at right. the time was state senator in Westchester, decided, I'm going to go for that district. And then uh, the Nassau County uh, chairman, Cairo, said, well, Curtis, would you come? Uh, we'd like to have lunch with you. I said, this is sort of odd. I'm at odds with them. I'm supporting Giuliani for governor. They're supporting Zeldin. I want Mangano hung out, dried out. I want him locked up. That's their guy, the crooked uh, former Republican county executive. And so once we got past all of that, they said, would you be interested in running in a, in a Republican race uh, for that seat that Swazi has vacated? I said, what's wrong with George Santos? He ran a good race. He did pretty well the last time. They wouldn't comment on George Santos. Uh-huh. And I said, look, and now, now, now it makes sense, right? I'm not a carpetbagger. I'm saying I'm a city kid. There's only one area, yeah. really, of Queens. Now, in addition, what's going on, I don't know this, Andrew uh, Giuliani is sitting with uh, Langworthy, the state Republican chairman. Langworthy is saying, Andrew, why don't you run for that third congressional district? You don't need to be running for governor because he's trying to clear a right, path for right, self. Right. Andrew goes up. I really don't want to run for that. And he's saying also, he goes, but you got a candidate. Yeah, but is it, it's not the obligation of the Republicans to, to 
to call call out their own guy. I mean, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. It is the obligation of a good campaign, and this is a newspaper that provided it. It could be. Look, now that you go back and look at the race, Zimmerman turned out not to be a great candidate. Horrible. And also, there was this notion everyone was running the same ads, abortion and guns, abortion and guns, abortion and guns. And Trump. Well, he, and they Trump, were attacking right, 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 and Trump. Trump was the other thing. So they probably thought, all right, these are the things that polled the best. But here's the thing that's And puzzled. it was a Biden district. Yeah, they but voted here's heavily the, for Biden. But here's the thing that puzzles me. Did they do no oppo research on this guy? Well, the answer is yes, they did. I know that Swazi didn't, but Zimmerman did. Then what you do is you go out and you poll these different things and see what's the most influential hit to use. You don't just try to guess. So you don't just take the national polling. And I, I bet you what they didn't do is they didn't go out and pull some of these messages and say, if you knew that this guy was lying about, about his grandmother being, you know, dying in the Holocaust. But there's a third option. And it could just be this was such an overwhelming collection of Michigas that it almost seems unbelievable. Well, like, you know, like, well, let's add a new layer. So George Santos has a campaign team and they do what a lot of campaigns. My campaign did this to me. They sat me down. They said, Curtis, we're going to research you. I said, look, every bad thing I ever did, it's already out there. That's what you're telling us, Curtis. We're here to do the deep dive. Turned out I had a better credit rating than I thought it did. My <laughs> wife turned to me. She, I thought your credit was in the toilet. Your credit's actually pretty damn good. So I learned things that were actually a little more positive than they thought they were. But so much of my stuff was out there already. But they came to me straight up. We're, we're going to do a deep dive. You may be uncomfortable. I said, look, this has happened to me before. Go for it. Every campaign does that. I, I sat right. in campaigns where that was done. They did it in the George Santos campaign. His campaign committee sat him down and said, we're going to do a deep dive. We're right. using $20,000 of the campaign money to do it. He signed off on it. He had no problem. They come back and they said, well, this is one. You didn't go to Baruch. You didn't go to NYU. Right. You there. They're getting the whole laundry list. He goes, I see this, uh, you know, something. Thank you for this, but I'm not accepting this. They all quit. Yeah. Now, you know they went and told other Republicans because they worked for other Republicans. The Republicans ignored it. They ignored yeah. it. I don't know how much is their obligation. I'll tell you my experience. When I ran for mayor, we paid a bunch of money. I didn't have a lot of money. We paid for money for an opposition research report on me. And like you, they found out a whole bunch. Like, for example, I voted against a pay raise in the city council. I said I'm going to give my raise away to community organizations. But the total didn't add up. They had my bank account. And, you know, because I had to take the pay and then give it away. I was, like, off by a couple of grand. It didn't matter well, how much God, you thank God you weren't getting paid in Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, but it didn't, what, it, it didn't matter in that specific issue. It probably didn't matter all that much. But the idea is you don't just ask the candidate. You do some real research. And you're right. These professional campaign workers, if they quit a campaign, the first thing they got to tell the next campaign is, hey, why did you leave this campaign? You do not want to go on yeah. with this guy. Yeah, but that's – and that's – but it's not the – Look, the Repu- we have reached this point, and this is a sad look, statement. Look, let me say this because I'm the Republican here. This candidate for Republicans, this was political orgasm. He scored the trifecta, the Trinity, the yeah, Troika. Yeah, yeah. A gay candidate, openly gay, not in the closet, openly gay. A guy who claimed to be a Latino. We know he's not. He's right, Portuguese, right. Brazil. Wow, Latino. And a Jew. Oh, my God. God. And a self-funder, someone who had, yeah. well, not a complete self-funder, but someone who had a whole oh, bunch of money put in his own campaign. Let me tell you, though, right? He supposedly put $700,000 in his campaign. Why are we believing that? Totally. Let me tell you, he writes the check, 700000 takes the picture, then goes to the big whales and says, oh, I'm, self, I'm self-funded here. Yeah. The FEC, it's an honor system. It's not like, you know, when you're running for May and you're getting matching funds. The Federal uh, Election Commission, it's an honor system yeah. unless somebody complains. So he goes to all the big whales, the Republican whales. I just put in 700000 He showed the check, everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we got to help you. I mean, 700000 You. He faked everybody well, out. If you, if you, I'll bet you he never put a penny in. If you Google Anthony Weiner and FEC, yes. I got in trouble because when I left Chuck Schumer's office to run for office, I had to go off the payroll, so I had no income. I borrowed money from my parents. The FEC considered that a contribution for yeah, my parents, yes. and I got in trouble for it. Not a loan to me. I mean, it's kind of a blurry line, but yeah, this yeah. is my parents. I mean, yeah, yeah. the whole argument made the FEC was like, that's not what the laws are not to prevent someone from getting you know, a loan from their parents. But you're exactly right. You don't – if someone was, was quietly paying him in some other way – look, then there's the thing that comes out this morning 
about he took credit card numbers for donations and then was running them over and over again. And it took, you know, people said, well, how come that didn't come out? Well, people are fighting with their credit card companies. It didn't occur to them that that Santos, a congressman who actually won, was trying to run fake credit card numbers. But this is what he was accused of in in, in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. So So he kited checks in Brazil. He's a con man. He's a white-collar criminal. And you better believe that he kept doing it. And I'm telling you where I think he got most of the money from. Uh, remember, he had a charity for animals. Animals. No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you go to the older women because the older women, animals. Look, the worst woman in existence, Leona Helmsley, how much did she bequeath to her animal, her doggy? Millions. Did you just see, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's the top uh, singer now of all time? I, I hate her so much. Uh, Taylor, she, Taylor she, Swift. Too. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Ninety-six million dollars to her cat. She bequeathed to her cat. Taylor Swift. Ninety. They love pets. Women, man, not so much. More dogs than yeah. But the point is, I bet you he went to some older women, widows, who love animals. Said, "I got this nonprofit and got money." Not seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth. Oh, let me <laughs> I, tell you something, I, I think chances are it's something much more pernicious with, you know, big money interests of somebody yeah, some because way. they thought he self-financed. <laughs> they thought he put $700,000 no, on his own money. And you know something? He never put a penny in. Why would you believe that? Nothing else is true. They were like, oh, he put $700,000 in. Hey, this guy, this guy's previous job that we know about was with a company that was a Ponzi scheme. Yes. And his answer when he sat down with John Katsimatidis was that I left before there was any ponzi going on. I don't, why should we believe he's going to lie, he's going to tell the truth about that kind of a big thing if he's lied about relatively small? You know, I played a cut earlier. He lied about his name for crying out loud. Look, FTX, right? He missed his calling. He could have been out there in the Bahamas with all the FTX graduates of the Massachusetts yeah. Institute of Technology who are running the biggest Ponzi scam of all since uh, Maddow. No, Maddow? What was it? What am I? Madoff. 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 Oh, Rachel. I, uh, no, I, <laughs> She's I'm not, not blaming here. you, Rachel. I'm not blaming you. But anyway, the point is, don't believe he put $700,000 yeah. in his own campaign. By the way, that's the thing is the dollars and cents stuff is the stuff that is that that you can really catch yes because that a prosecutor will will subpoena documents and the numbers just won't add up and he's gonna have a problem now not the fec that's not gonna the fec is fairly toothless but if prosecute if you signed a document that attested to something that turned out not absolutely to be the case. no there's no doubt he's going to be gone but that's why the republicans want him out now he served his purpose he was the vote that mccarthy right. might have needed it's time to leave because every day more he's in. When the Democrats are running for the new Republican seats that were just won, they're going to be running against who? George Santos. Right, but, George you know, Santos. but now George the Republicans Santos. are doing a version of good cop, bad cop. McCarthy and, and Elise Stefanik, they're for, okay, we have to work with him. We're patting him on his head, and the local guys are saying, Well, because they still only have a three-person majority. He's, he's one quarter of their majority. They, they need all their screwballs. They need Gates. Uh, right. They need the woman with three names, never trust Marjorie Taylor Swift or whatever yep. the hell her name is, and Bovard. They need all that. They got their, they got their, what we'll call their, uh, what can we call them, squad. And the Democrats <laughs> have their squad. And they need them. And boy, George Santos got over like a fat rat. And he's laughing at everybody out there because he snookered everybody. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. I don't like your little games. Don't like your tilted state. Is this Taylor? The Excellent. Remember, Taylor Swift believes in 13 yesterday was friday the 13th everything is 13 she believes that the number 13 is positive she'll sit in the 13th seat of the 13th row everything is 13 now i believe that too when i played uh, ball i was always number 13 and i think i ended up hitting uh 130 
Oh, I could have been up there. I, I could have been a professional baseball player, right? One thirty. I, I hit. I was the captain of the JV baseball team at Brooklyn Prep. My batting average was one thirty, and I had thirteen on my. Well, bat. that's good. By the way, just to catch up, since I know there's a lot of Swift eaters or whatever they're called out there. Kitty says it's a Scottish fold, whatever that Scottish something. It's named Olivia Benson, and it's worth ninety-seven million dollars. But Taylor Swift has two other, the two other dogs. You must love. This you. is a cat that she's given the ninety-six Isn't mil it? to. Oh, yeah. it's a cat. Uh, forgive me, it's a cat. But you must love Taylor for this. No, I hate Taylor Swift. And I'll tell you what. Remember when De Blasio was mayor? He anointed her the ambassador of New York. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, and she was never in New York. She she's down there. In oh, that, that's a lousy reason. The you tax want... shelter in Nashville. By the way, do you do you want to know a reason to like her? So she had this, and I just learned all of this. My friend Kitty told me she had this feud because her producer was accused in the Me Too kind of thing, right? Yeah. But this producer, every time that she sold a record, he would get a piece of the action. She went back into the studio and re-recorded all of her records that she did with this guy alone, without this guy, so he wouldn't get a dime, wow. and then told all of her supporters, just buy this other version so this guy doesn't get it. That's, well, that's commitment. Let's face it. She should be president of the Man Haters Club of America. She loves men. She falls in love with them, and then she eats them up and spits them out. And worse yet, she'll do a song about it. Yeah. So you don't just get to be a boyfriend who goes south, you know, by she makes a song about you that you got to live with the rest of your life. Yeah, that's exactly right. But what, Jake Gill, Jake, was Jake Gillenthal one of them? Oh, I Do I know too much about so Taylor Swift? It's so many. Oh. I don't have a problem with that. I, th- I think she's, she's, a, she's a powerful young performer. Good for her. She has a bad breakup. Oh, she, um, who else did she go out with? Every, and remember, she bought a house on Martha's Vineyard next to the Kennedys because of her boyfriend at that time. Yeah. And then, like, four months later, she dumped him. <laughs> and, and I don't think she's used that house again. Yeah. They, and she keeps, here's a problem, the problem I have with her and my whole theory that she's this empowered young person. She keeps dating these guys that everyone knows are horrible. Like, she seems to be attracted. What, yeah. what are you talking about here? What are we talking about? Uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Number 13, she loves 13, and she bequeathed $96 million to her cat. Yeah. Cat got more than the dog. Now, in fairness, her yes. cat does run a housing charity. What about, I'm surprised. She, $97 million, you should get, get in on that. You should, you should get to make a relationship get, with this I cat. I can't get beyond the fact that uh, de Blasio made her the ambassador of New York City, and she couldn't find her way around New York City, uh, maybe she if she had a map. New York, she has a New York anthem kind of song, doesn't she? We'll yeah, but she's not in New York. Come on, let's face it. But speaking of New York, this was the uh, inaugural address of Kathy Hochul. She gave a shout-out to David Patterson, by the way, who saw announced that. Saw that. as the lobbyist for Sands uh, that he is promoting Nassau County Coliseum being uh, a house for the Coliseum since there will be three licenses downstate. <laughs> and guess what? There were demonstrators out there today. See, the luck of David Patterson to be applauded by the governor one minute and then infuriate people in Nassau County so that even in the cold today, they're out there protesting yeah. against him claiming that on behalf of Sands, he wants to bring a full-scale casino, convention center, and hotel to where the Nassau Coliseum was, where the Islanders used to play. On, on, on the day that at the UBS Arena, they're honoring the memory of Mike Bossy. The Islanders are playing out there in the 50th. Is their 50th anniversary season? Because they're at some oh, hockey yes, talk. So you're, you're, you're an Islanders fan? Yes, I'm an Islander oh fan. Oh, my you know God. That. Against the Rangers, Nystrom. Yes. You you went with Nystrom. You went with Trotz. Yes, you went with I'm Billy Smith. Fan. Oh my God! Yes. Actually, Chico Rush was my favorite player growing up. But yes, I'm an Islander fan. But but I got but this Trader. this this casino thing, this casino thing. I mean, David Patterson did. I thought where you were going to go. She gave that speech a little bit. I mean, I I I like her. She's my governor. I voted for. Her. Boy, she's she is a boring speaker. Yes, very she much. She is so. not. I mean, she does not light up the audience. Yeah. But I assume she'll get better. This is her first year as an elected, as the elected uh, um, uh, a governor. She can't seem to get her candidate for ch- uh, chief judge of the Court of Appeals uh, through. Yeah, they're having a rally. She had to bring Hakeem Jeffries in today up in the Bronx for the rally, which shows you she doesn't have the pull. You have to bring in your Democratic leader of the uh, of the House of Representatives to try to rally up the troops for your candidate is not a good sign. Yeah, but I tell you, this is a fight she wants, I think. She's pushing off against her left. 
She's standing up for, for a, a Hispanic judge. She's showing that she's tough. I'm actually fine. You know, I always believe politicians can't lose if they're fighting for a popular thing, even By if the they way, get rolled. Notice who is not involved in this. Very strategically, Chuck Schumer. Oh, yeah. He's stepped out. He does not want to offend the progressives and the liberals. He's, no, he's just generally got bigger fish to fry. This is someone else's job. He's not going to get involved. It's smart. Chuck Schumer is very smart about this stuff. He does not get even this even this weekend on TV talking about the classified documents. He's not out there defending Biden. He's staying. He's well, there's no of, way you can defend it. That's a little bit true. That's a little bit true. <laughs> it's sort of like cancel. <laughs> we thought yeah. we had Trump on you the ropes. No cancel. Idea. Chuck, Chuck's like, have you looked in the laundry room yet? Did you look in the laundry room? How about the den? Did you look in the den? <laughs> oh, look. Would you agree it's time we sweep the deck? Biden, you finish your four, you're gone. Trump, forget about it. Stay in Mar-a-Lago, play golf. Let's leave it to a new generation. What of is candidates. one thing 65% of Republicans and 65% of Democrats agree on? They, they, they don't want their candidates to run. They don't want Trump. The Republicans don't want Trump. Democrats don't want Biden. I will make a deal right now, a yeah. new amendment to the Constitution. Old guys would, will make it 76. None of them can run. And oh, we, after 1776? Is, is yeah, that exactly. Actually, how old they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, up next. We got Rob Astorino warming up in the bullpen. Yeah. Is, is, by the way, is he still protesting that they're flying people into the airport up there? Where's well, he, now, now he knows they're flying people everywhere. It wasn't I know, just him. But notice Eric Adams didn't get upset then. It was like uh, some of them were coming right into the city. In fact, they would get on buses. They would come down uh, the hutch, you know, going the wrong yeah. way. That's how you know they were but coming. But Astorino's problem is his Dolphins are going to lose by 30 points tomorrow against Buffalo. Really? Oh, my God. It's going to be ugly. Oh. Or is that today? Might be today. Man, I see. Oh, oh, all of a sudden, you're, you're a handicapper here. It, it could be. Yeah, the over-under is like 90, and it's 80 of them is going to be Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffalo continues to have an exodus of citizens after this uh, recent uh, snowstorm, uh, you got to see the Allied Band lines. You know who hasn't had snow in forever? Us down here. We don't get snow anymore. T global warming, Good climate thing. change, and look at Cali, Cali. I'm going to be talking about that tonight on the other side of midnight from twelve to six to the break of dawn. I'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams. I don't trust nobody and nobody.